But we're going to look at something tonight as, ask God, what can I share? What can I share? And um, he led me to the big P word, the P word, patience, patience. And um, as one of the fruit of the Spirit, you know, when we hear the word patience, it's usually a time that we don't really want to hear it. But patience is just a word enough to remind us that we haven't really arrived yet. And I don't, I don't care who you are, whether young, old, youth, senior, adult, there are times in your life when people get to you, amen? Come on, come on, come on, you don't have to, yeah, your time is there when people get to you, yeah? You know, I had to chuckle when I heard the story of a man who, whose car was stuck in heavy traffic. And just as the light turned green, and all his efforts to start the car, nothing, nothing happened. And he was frantically trying to start the car. And, uh, you know, in certain countries and states, different people have road rage. Okay? It may not be so bad in Nevis, but... And they were honking their horns, and nothing. The light turned green, and he stuck there with the car not moving. In spite of that, the people behind him never slacked off the horn. He finally got out the car and walked back to the driver right behind him who was honking the horn ever so hard. And uh, even though the man behind could hear him trying to start the engine. And he went behind and said to the man, hey, I'm sorry, but I can't seem to get my car started. Would you do this? Would you mind trying to start the car while I blow the horn for you this time? The truth is, we're all very impatient. And if you don't believe me, consider this statistic. The annual cost of people running red lights in the United States is, get this, a whopping $7 billion. And guess what? The average amount of time saved by running the light is usually just 50 seconds. Just 50 seconds. Think about it. Sometimes you're hustling to go somewhere, you overtake, and it just saves you 50 seconds when, in fact, something tragic could have gone wrong. But somehow we just have to get there. We just have to get there. We're always trying to figure out how to cram more time, more and more things to be done in less and less time. I remember when I was in the States and I visit, when I was in school and I went to visit, I think I was at 12 or 13 or so, and we would stay about seven, seven minutes from the train track. And um, we would come out and uh, we just take a seven minutes and the trains have designated time. So you know it's going to come 20 past, 20 to the hour. So we budget our time. And uh, halfway there, we would hear the train coming. And if you know my brother, he take big steps. He walked like this. He's very going. And I'm just 12 years old. My little feet can't give up. So every minute I'm like trying to get ahead. What happened? We're on time for the train. We said we're going to catch. But he wanted to catch the one before. I'm like, but we're on time. Right? We're always trying to get a little, a little bit ahead. We allow less and less time for things. We don't want to waste time because we feel the pressure of all we think we have to get done. We have to get a lot of things done, don't we? Sometimes we just feel overwhelmed, full of pressure. And the time crunch is felt by everyone. Well, there's even a church in Florida. I don't know if it's still there, but I heard that it advertised a 22-minute service. A 22-minute service. So if it started at 11, at 11.22... The service is going to be, you're going to be dismissed. So those of you who come 15 minutes late, it's not going to work for you. 
the music is fast. The sermons, the prayers are quick. So those who like to pray long, that service is not for you. The sermons are eight minutes long. And let me see some of you smile. Don't get your hopes up and it's not going to happen in here. Okay? 20 minutes service, not going to happen. But in the opening of my message tonight, I've attempted to touch on the fact that patience is especially, especially difficult in today's world. Because like, we all feel we have something to do. Think about it for a moment. When do you get the most impatient? It's prob- probably when you feel most pressured. I know for me, when I'm finished working, you know, I've had a hard day. My wife picks me up. I jump in the vehicle. She asks me one question. And I give this weird answer, like, you know, not interested or a weird tone or something. She's like, wonder what's going on. What happened? I'm not mad at her. I'm just probably had a long day. Uh, the, the answer didn't come out right. And so I just have to do, let's do that over again. Probably. I tell my wife, after I'm working, just give me 30 minutes to just clear my head, to transition, Okay. Sometimes we just, we, when we, 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 we're pressured, we get impatient. We get a bit hasty. And it leads us to do things that we won't normally do. But I know that you probably get impatient sometimes and experience the same emotions and the same struggle. And I just want us to think about patience tonight and do a little study on the patience because we all struggle with it sometimes anybody struggle with patience sometimes i was asking my wife on a scale of one to ten what is your patience score patience being 10 you're master at it one you struggle at it anybody what what you think your score is on a scale of one to ten if you don't mind whether it's at four or two okay no problem i think i'm somewhere eh, i think my wife has more patience than i am so i have to go seven maybe anybody on the patience scale Five, okay. Anybody up there with an eight or nine? You master this thing? All right. So you see, we all struggle with it sometimes, all right? And so tonight, I'm just going to give you a few pointers. And that we'll be able to, that when we leave here, we'll be, have a more better understanding of patience and how we could deal in this world with this thing called patience. I want to begin tonight by looking at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. And as you find a passage there in Galatians 22, sorry, 5, 22 to 23, I'll see an observation that a well-known Bible scholar, John Scott, made about the fruit of the Spirit. And he said, he observed that the fruit of the Spirit can be divided into three groups. We all know that there are nine of them, nine uh, segments in the fruit of the spirit. The first three, he said, love, joy, peace. Speak of our attitude towards God. The second set relate primarily to our attitudes towards others. Long-suffering, which is patience, gentleness, kindness, and goodness. And the final three, uh, he suggests that reflects our attitude towards self. Faith, meekness, and temperance. Now, I don't know that these categories capture the fruit of the Spirit exactly or perfectly, but I think that it would help to get our minds wrapped around this very, these very practical traits. And in an attempt to help us with patience, I'm gonna, we're going to look at three things that will help us understand patience. So, let's read the passage together. Oh, I'll read it, never mind. 
Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father God, we give you thanks to God. We thank you that you're a helper, your sustainer, your provider, our strong rock, our tower. We can come to you in any situation, dear God. Father, as we hear the word tonight, as I minister this word, Father, just ask that uh, everything that come out my mouth be of you, dear God, and that you be seen and not me, and uh, self-decrease, and you increase, and you get all the glory and all the honor. And Father, as we live here tonight, we live better than we came, dear God. Help us, dear God, to be patient people as you have done so. Bless again, in Jesus' name I pray. Let the church say amen. Let's begin with a question that is foundational to understanding this word patience. What is patience? What is patience? There are a number of very interesting definitions that people have come up with to help us understand what is patience. So we're going to look at, look at some of them, and perhaps some of them will help you. Perhaps some of them you'll be able to resonate with. The first one is a little bit humorous, although I think each one of us will be able to relate to it. It says, Mr. Ruffert says, patience is the ability to put up with people you'd like to put down. Another one says, Mr. Bill Gothard said, patience is accepting a difficult situation without giving God a deadline to remove it. Another one says, patience is inner calmness that comes from the knowledge that God is in control. Patience can also be endurance or staying power, an inner strength, or a tolerance or a lack of complaint, a still calmness, or persistence or personal fortitude, a willingness to wait while I go through or I pursue something. But what is patience? What is the fruit of the Spirit known as patience? Is it all these things combined or is it something else altogether? Well, let's remember, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Not fruits, but the fruit of the Spirit. I seek to bring an orange tonight, but I didn't get around to it. But you realize that the orange has many pegs in it, okay? So the fruit of the Spirit is the whole orange. And within that, there's nine, there are nine pegs, if you, if you will, okay? And tonight, the, the one we're going to touch on tonight is called patience. Well, in a bit, I'll tell you, patience is not mentioned in the Bible as one of the fruit of the Spirit, but... We can use it as long-suffering because, well, I'll, I'll explain that a little further down. Love, which is the first one, and as you know, all of these are connected together. Every morning as we wake up, we should seek God, put on the foot of the Spirit. Because you don't know which one you're going to need on which day. And God knows some of them, some days we need all of them. Some days you need two of them. Some days you need just one. But chances are you're going to need at least one per day. Now the first one, love is the blossom. Love is where the fruit of the spirit begins. Without love there is no fruit. In the same way you wouldn't have cherries without blossoms. Well you can't have the fruit of the spirit without love. The first thing the spirit does within our lives is to put the love of God within us. We need the love of God within us. Amen? We need the love of God within us. Remember also that we're talking about the food of the Spirit and not the food of the saints. It's two different things. 
Apart from the Spirit of God, these characteristics, we cannot get them fully developed in our life. We need the Spirit of God within us to have these developed. Now, some would say that joy is love rejoicing. And the third one, peace, is love resting or love trusting. When it comes to long-suffering or patience, we can say that it's love enduring. Any of you in a relationship or uh, a work environment, or I'm, I submit to you tonight, any relationship that you're in, anytime you're around any people, you're going to need love enduring if it's going to last. I shudder to think what it would be, a church would be, if there was no love that was enduring. No love that was entrusting. Question is, how many of us would like to receive that kind of love from people in our lives? I know most of us would. When we think of patience as love enduring, a love that is not easily broken, then we are more, more likely to want it or match it ourselves when we receive it. And this is what, but the question is, does this fit what the Bible say? Paul wrote in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. But what did he mean by when he said long-suffering or patience? Well, for starters, let us remember that Paul didn't write the Bible in English. So we have patience, but it wasn't in Greek. I didn't study Greek, but I did a bit of research. And the fruit of the spirit we are calling patience has also been translated into English as long-suffering, forbearance, or serenity. What is the fruit of the spirit? Is it really love enduring? A love not easily broken? There are actually three Greek words in scripture that can be translated as patience. Just as you have love, we have different types of love. Anybody know different types of love? Well, the, when it compares to the, the agape love. I speak of the filial. We say love, we speak of everything combined. But it separates. So it's the same with patience. We're not going to touch on all, all of them, but there is an echo. I don't know if I have the pronunciation right. There's hum, hupomone. And there is macrothemia. And macrothemia is the one that we want to touch on. Macro, the first part of the word, Spell M-A-K-R-O and Themia, T-H-Y-M-I-A. Macro means slow or long. Themia means anger, right? So in other words, it means slow to get mad. In other words, the opposite of a short fuse, a long fuse. And God knows many of us need that long fuse. But that's why we need the fruit of the spirit. We need macrothemia. Somebody say macrothemia. Macrothemia, that's it. We need a long fuse. We need to be slow to anger. Patience is the prolonged control of anger or restrained wrath. Do you see now why we need patience or long-suffering or forbearance? Whatever you want to call it, is it really love enduring? Well, let's look at a picture of Patience. The first thing, a picture of patience. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. And it's a story that whenever I read it, it really um, stands out to me when patience is seen 
right away. Matthew chapter 18, and I'll read it. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. Matthew 18, 21. It's a story of the unforgiving servant. It says, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. Till seven times. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Remember, wife had a little something, something. We were something happened, and I something I did, and um, she was there standing, a kind of a And I said, I walk up and say, You better forgive me, you know. The Bible says you better forgive me, and if you don't forgive me, I hold it against you. I was just making a little joke, of course. But we have to forgive how many times? 70 times 7. If you count up that, that's a lot of times. But even more, more times than that. It means a continuous forgiving. A continuous forgiving. That's what the Bible says. I go on. It says here, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents but for us but for as much as he had not to pay his lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made the servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying lord have what patience with me and i will pay thee all then the lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosened him and forgave him the debt but guess what? The same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. That's harsh, isn't it? You've just been forgiven, but you can't show some forgiveness. Go on. And he says, And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Same story again. Different characters. Or one of them. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, he had called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he shall pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you. If ye from your heart forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Story. A story that shows patience. Well, on one hand and one hand not. A clear picture of patience. Debt owed, debt forgiven. However, the same person that received the forgiveness wasn't willing to give the same forgiveness. Brethren, we have to be willing and ready to forgive. Have patience and forgive. Tell your neighbor, be willing to forgive. Be willing to forgive. The responsibility of the servant to forgive is not dependent on our on ordinary human emotion and feelings. You know, we... we, we we can forgive easily when we feel like it. That's not hard. Right? I'm in a good mood today. I'm going to forgive you. 
But what happens when I don't feel like it? What happens if the person just before me didn't forgive me? What happens if my spouse just upset me a while ago? What happens if my coworker ain't treating me good? What happens if I'm in a bad mood? Am I still supposed to forgive? Yes. The servant was not expected to show mercy because he is relieved or overjoyed that his debt had been cancelled. Instead, the responsibility to be merciful is directly linked to the attitude that was shown to him by his master. Because the king was patient with him, he should have followed the same example. God has been patient with us. That is why we should be patient with others. Let me say that again. God has been patient with us. And so we must be patient with others. God's anger and wrath have been restrained many a times. Think of the times when we didn't deserve forgiveness. He gave us anyhow. Think of the times you were a child. You probably deserved some blows. Your parents withheld the blows. Never get withheld yet. Well, I'm sorry for you. But in some cases, it might as well be getting the blows because we went and do the same thing again and again. So the blows still come later. But the restraint, the times when God held back his wrath. Think about it. He didn't, has not treated us the way we were to be treated for our sin. God is patient with us. He expects us to be patient with us others. This is why Jesus has given us his spirit to live within us. The spirit empowers us to live like Jesus. The fruit of the spirit, macrothemia, long to anger. In other words, patience. A picture of patience. Let's look at the purpose of patience. The obvious question is, why is God patient with us? And in turn, why does that God want us to be patient with others? Let's look at Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, which will tell us a bit about why the purpose of patience. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. And it says something like this. Or despisest thou the riches of goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. In other words, do you take for granted God's goodness, God's forbearance, God's patience, God's withhold of wrath. Do you not realize that this is the reason why we have salvation? This is the reason why we can come to Christ. That's what it says. God's purpose for being patient with us leads us to repentance. If it was not for that, we would have salvation. God's Restraint has given us the chance to become friends of God. We say, I am a friend of God. Ain't that a good thing? Well, if God wasn't patient, we would not be able to become friends with God. And I submit to you, if we're not patient, we're not going to be able to keep friends. We're not going to be able to keep family. We're not going to be able to keep good relationships. Whether in church or at home or on the job or wherever we are, we're not going to be able to keep relationships. Could you imagine what a church would be like if we didn't forgive? If we got upset at everything that every person done? If we didn't um, uh, withhold wrath, withhold anger, withhold restraint? Could you imagine the chaos? There would be no relationships. Church would probably have five people now and again, or two, and then 15, and then we fluctuate so much because we're up and down. No patience. No long suffering. 
No long suffering. But God admonishes us to be patient. Be patient. Be patient. Don't take for granted God's goodness. Don't take for granted God's goodness. Think of a parent. You know, let me give an example of how God does for us. A parent holding a child's hand. You know, sometimes you, a parent, you grab your child to correct them. But sometimes that's not what God is doing. He's holding our hands to keep us from danger. Think of a child close to the side of the road. A car is coming. You hold a child's hand. Why? So that they don't get struck by the vehicle. Well, that's what God does sometimes. He slows down to help us, to make sure that we're safe. We're protected. He's patient with us. He holds us by the hand. That's our God. The purpose of patience is so that we can have salvation. Let's look at Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. 2 Peter 3, 15. 2 Peter 3, 15 says, An account that the long-suffering our Lord is salvation. The whole goal is of God's patience is salvation. Salvation. So patience, very vital. Very vital. And if, if we're going to... God's goal and purpose of patience is salvation. He wants us to have an intimate, loving relationship with him. And that's also why God wants us to have patience as we live a lifestyle of patience. Patience is active. Patience is not dormant. It doesn't mean you're doing anything. You're actively seeking forgiveness. Even before somebody comes, you're offended. And even before somebody even asks for forgiveness, you're ready, willing to forgive. And that's how we're going to maintain our relationships with friends and family. I'm amazed that one person had to smile when I Heard of one, the words of one pastor's wife by the name of Liz Reynolds. She said, it wouldn't be hard to be patient if it weren't for other people. It wouldn't be hard if it weren't for other people. But guess what? We're people too. Well, lastly, let's look at the practical purpose, the practical practice of patience. How we can use this wonderful food of the spirit, this wonderful tool in our everyday life. And as I think of patience, every fruit I know has an outer layer. When we peel a banana or we peel the orange to get inside, we're removing that outer layer. Other fruits like apples or grapes, we just eat up the whole thing. We eat the outer layer, everything. We don't move it. But the outer layer serves as an important purpose. And it helps keep the moisture inside of the fruit, even in the dry seasons. The outer peel will also protect the fruit and allow it to grow. If the outer peel or skin is broken or removed, then the fruit would possibly rot and spoil. Well, I submit to you, patience like and long-suffering is like that for the soul of man. Patience protects our hearts from becoming rancid, bitter, and rotten. Think of any relationship, your marriage relationship, your family relationship, son, daughter, on the job, in the church. 
If you didn't have patience, willingness to withhold, restrain wrath, anger, malice, not malice, sorry, wrath and anger, slow to anger, your heart could over time become bitter and rancid and rotten even just as fruit sometimes. But God wants us to live our lives as sweet and be appealing to others. And that's the purpose of the fruit of the Spirit, to give our lives aroma and taste the taste of Jesus. How many of you like a good perfume, a good, nice smelling cologne? Let me see your hands, yeah? Okay. Well, we want to be like that aroma, that sweet smelling perfume or cologne or however you want to put it. But we're not going to have that smell if we don't have patience, if we're not long-suffering. The practical practice of patience restores and protects relationships. You need that. You need that. And godly patience enables us to show mercy instead of hate and to forgive instead of seek revenge. Patience, I said, one person said, is the ability to put up with the people you want to put, up, put down. But we must learn to trust the heart and when necessary, forgive the hands. What do I mean by that? Let me say that again. We must learn to trust the heart and when necessary, forgive the hands. I had a case where one person, and I explained to a group of people that there are two different types of hurts. There's the hurt with the intent and the hurt uh, not with intent. And so, Sometimes when we see the hurt, if we look at the hurt and just the actions only, it can seem malicious. But it was not intentional. So that sometimes you have to trust the heart that this person has my back or my heart, has me at uh, heart, heart. Have they, 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 they look out for me. They have my best interests. Because if you don't have that and isolate every action, you may be quick to anger. So sometimes you have to trust the heart and when necessary, forgive the hands or the actions. We are all human. And the thing is, hurting others come naturally. You realize that? You realize that hurting others come naturally? When we wake up each morning, we have to put on the food of the Spirit. If you're not thoughtful and mindful of your actions and think twice, you, you just get yourself in some serious, messed up situations. But the Bible admonishes us to be patient and slow to anger. And it's not an option. It's not an option. We must be completely humble and gentle and bear with one another. We don't want to end up in situations where we end up looking foolish. Proverbs 14 verse 29 says, A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. Slowness to anger is important. And some of the stupidest things I have done or we probably ever done was because we had a quick temper. We was quick to anger. God wants to lengthen our fuse and he does so by giving us the Holy Spirit. So that's the purpose of patience, the practical practice of patience. And how can we have patience? We must be connected to God. John 15, 5 in closing it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me, I with you. Guess what? The relationship is intimate. 
and harvest is sure to be abundant. I admonish you to remain ever thankful for God's patience in your life. Be mindful of how God's patience will remind us of our responsibility to be patient with one another. Ask God for help. Each morning, each night, you go, ask God, help me. Help me to be. Sometimes we don't want to pray for patience because get what? You may be praying for some trouble. If you struggle with patience, some situation is going to come that cause you to be long-suffering. And until you learn those lessons, they will forever repeat themselves. So ask God for help. Pray for patience. Or pray that God help me to be long-suffering. Forbear one another. God will equip you to live a lifestyle of patience. And you can face conflict and hurtful relationships in your day-to-day life. God can sustain you. Amen? Amen. So as we think about patience, the food of the Spirit, may God help us as we go forth. To show, remember why he was patient with us in the first place. Right? So that we can have a relationship with him. And when we have uh, patience, we can have a relationship with God. And we can live peaceably with our fellow men. Amen.